Hey, welcome to the Cam and Otis show. No guest on this week's episode, just Otis and I. To wrap up our hunt theme for October, we wanted to talk about bush fever, hunt and pronghorn in Wyoming, and what lessons these things can teach you for your life and your business. Are you stuck in problem-solving mode? Don't let problem-solving fever ruin your business, and don't let bush fever ruin your chances of survival when you're stuck in the mountains. As always, this show is brought to you by Tribe and Purpose. Start your week off with the insight and energy you need to be successful. Sign up for our Monday Moments newsletter to start your week off with a bang. Plus, there's still time to join our Power Tribe case study. Be a part of a group of people who want you to succeed just as badly as you do. Learn from the knowledge that you gain from other people's perspectives and start living with the power of your purpose and a tribe supporting you along the way. Learn more at www.tribe-purpose.com. And now, here's Cam Notice with the show. Hey, welcome to the Cam and Otis show. Uh, another another fun one, a guestless guest guestless show, which are always fun to do and shift back to the just one on one conversations. And uh, I'm going to let Camden lead us in with a little bit of a story here. Yeah, so this will sound familiar uh, if anyone goes out and watches our uh, Tribe Talk Thursdays that I do with Ashi. Uh, I had one a couple weeks ago. I talked about this. My favorite show, one of my favorite shows growing up, um, definitely my favorite survival show of all time. Uh, and I know you might have pushback on that, Dad, but it's uh, Survivor Man and with Les Stroud. And for y'all don't know, Les Stroud is a, ooh, I was going to say SAS. Did I get that right? Is my memory right on that? Yeah, he's yeah. An SAS guy. Yeah. And uh, what made him special is when he did his survival shows, it would always be a set period of time out wherever he was, you know, they'd go say 10 days in the Rockies and they would drop him off somewhere, usually doing something crazy, like jumping out of a helicopter or something. And then he would drop with all of his camera equipment and he was totally alone and he had to film himself uh, while he walked around. And then they would usually have another point for him to work to. So it's something you're working towards. Uh, But, you know, when people think about survival in the mountains, uh, and you know, you're more of an expert on this than I am, but the, the things that I think people think about are, you know, they think bears, they think mountain lions, all these type of things. And what I always like to tell people, uh, especially, you know, my, my city friends and all that kind of stuff is one of the things that a lot of time out your city friends. What are you boy? I, well, I'm a city boy now, but I grew oh, up. Out okay. Of the okay. <laughs> right. Out, come on. We were way out in the Rockies. So come on. Let me tell the story. <laughs> 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 but you, one of the things that people don't think about at all when they think about going out in the mountains is the thing that I think is one of the bigger killers, which is a thing that uh, Les Stroud called bush fever. And bush fever is this idea where you get a little bit separated from your camp. You're out hiking around in the mountains and you're working your way back to your camp. And you keep telling yourself that your camp is over that next hill. And then so you convince yourself it's over the next hill. So you hike your way up the hill go down to the bottom, that next little ridge, and you go, oh, my camp's not here. And then you look over to the next ridge line and you say, I recognize that tree. That's the tree I thought I saw. It's just one more hill. And you keep going and you keep going and you keep going doing this. Just keep saying one more hill. It's over this hill. It's over this hill. And that's what actually kills you because you wind up either full on exhausted or mostly you just get so far away from your camp because you were only a half a mile away in the first place, but you kept going west when you should have gone east. Uh, there's your, there's the rule for the Rocky mountains, right? Always go East. You'll find your way out eventually. Right. (laughs) 
Well, it's actually always go downhill and follow the water to civilization in the mountains. Which, if we're on the east side of the continental divide, is east. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, so bush fever is an interesting little psychological thing that happens when you're out in the mountains. Because it's so easy to convince ourselves that what we're doing is right. And to convince ourselves that what we see is what we want to see. Uh, when in reality, you got to see the world as it actually is so that you don't wind up moving west and you're supposed to go east or moving uphill when you're supposed to go downhill or whatever it is. And when you do that, you get lost and you can get stuck out there and you can die out there. And I think that that's a really important, uh, really interesting lesson that you can apply to a lot of other things, definitely. And I know that our time hunting up in Wyoming is different, not not as mountainy, but uh, much more hilly, I guess, if you can be less mountainy, but also more hilly at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> get a geographer on here help us out with that but uh i want to throw it over to you then talking about our times up in wyoming and what that bush fever looks like for us well that was uh you know hunting hunting pronghorn antelope up in wyoming you know you, you'd sit up on a ridge line you'd spot and then you'd stalk and what happened would because you would have to mask your movement because they have such great eyesight and there's no trees or nothing in this, this area that we're hunting them, uh, that you mask your movement with the terrain. And it always felt like one more ridgeline, go over one more hilltop, and then there they'd be. No, they're not. Okay, the next one. Oh, must have been the next one, you know. Uh, we used to – it just reminds me also of, uh, you know, the joke we had in ranger school – uh, was one more hilltop, one more hilltop. That's what we would always say. We get to the objective after, you know, this next hill, this is the last one after the next one, after the next one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's the mental game of chasing after something or, or really thinking you're done when you're not. Now this is a little bit different than Bush, bush fever because bush fever is that is that belief that you're going in the right direction and you just have mm -hmm. to do one more one more well this is this is a similar thing but it's it's different in the fact of it's in your mind that i only have to do one more thing and then i'll be successful mm -hmm. well if i just do this one last thing i'll be successful and i think that's where you're leading to with the bush bush fever is it's not just one more thing they're there's, I mean, uh, I think back to the, this always pops up in my head when we say one more thing in the business world, uh, Sarah Blakely's story with Spanx. And uh, what is, I think the, the line is that she tried 29 stores and then the 29th one was the first one to say yes. Mm -hmm. So how many, how many ridge lines do you have to go over to get the objective? You know, there, there's a, there's a thought for you. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, this is, this is different than the, the whole Les Stroud thing of getting lost. Uh, it's more of a, a measurement of persistence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it comes down to a real understanding of what your situation is, because, you know, I think back to, uh, and you'll, without going too much, too long of a hunting story on this, you'll know which one I'm talking about. Uh, 
the year we went up there in the blizzard, couldn't hunt for the first two days, or we went out there, we couldn't see anything for the first two days in the blizzard. And then that third day, we did that three mile, uh, three mile stalk through the post freeze ice and all that kind of stuff. But we got our pronghorn at the end of it. And that's the interesting thing there uh, with what you're talking about with the persistence is there's pronghorn out there. The pronghorn, they might not be over the next hill, but they might be over the next, next one or the next, next, next hill. And that, well, you know, they're out there. You know that there's success out there for your business. The question is, are you going in the right direction? Like going back to the bush fever, is this the direction I need to go in or do I need to stop, take a deep breath and stay here for a little while and, you know, get better bearing of my surroundings? Or is this something I need to keep fighting through? You know, when you talk about it, uh, my what I've been uh, calling the entrepreneur version of bush fever, I've been calling it problem solving fever. Because you get this idea where it's like you're looking at that next hill, that next problem, and you just want to go solve it. Because- for a lot of people, when things get crazy, you go back to what you know. And for a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners, what you know is problem solving. So when you see the fire in front of you, you go put out the fire and you go solve that next problem. And if you just continue to do that, uh, going back to the bush fever analogy here, you might be moving the wrong direction. You're supposed to go east. And if you solved two or three problems going east, hiked three hills going east, you would have made it back to campsite. You would have made it to success. But if you start solving the wrong problems, never asking yourself whether I should solve this problem, never ask yourself whether I should hike up that hill, you're going to wind up getting lost and you're going to chase that fever all the way out the wrong direction. And then by the time you realize how lost you are, just like with bush fever, your business is already screwed. Yeah, well, uh, here's the, uh, it's not the corollary, the inverse of that to use the hunting example still, because this happened also is one of the things about hunting animals is that you can plan on where they're going to be and think that's where they're going to be, but there's still that high probability that they'll just show up. Mm-hmm. And that happened to us several times, pronghorn hunting, because yeah. you pop up over that up over that ridge line, and then boom, there they are, twenty feet away. You know, yeah. or, or just as likely, I always think back to the the time that. Uh, we were just trucking back to the, to the truck, be bopping mm-hmm. back to the truck. And then here comes a herd. Oh just, yeah. Just blowing right through, right. You know, 30 yards from us sort of thing. And then how quick can you react? Because mm-hmm. that's what happens in, in life. Also, how quick can you react to that opportunity? Did you mm-hmm. just miss it? You know, think about if, if you've never hunted antelope, you know, they, they run at 30 plus miles an hour. I, I Googled it when I did that first episode. I think they get up to 65 is the fastest ones recorded. Yep. But remember, we clocked one running next. That to was crazy. On, on a dirt <laughs> That's what, that is one of those. And it's such a small thing. I think about that moment all the time. It's one of the craziest moments of my life. Driving down that dirt road, you just blaring down that dirt road in old gray and that young buck just going stride for stride with us for yeah, like a mile 30, and a half at least. 30, 35 <laughs> miles an hour. He was stride for stride with us. And then all of a sudden he kicked it into gear and headed out. Oh yeah. So the point of that is if you're not watching, not aware, not looking for opportunity, mm-hmm. you'll miss it. I mean, think about it in the sense of, uh, you know, those pronghorns, when they, when they run across your field of view at 35 miles an hour, then they, you don't have time to get out your rucksack and, pull out your rifle and range it and do all these other things. 
you have to react right then. And my point of that is, is in business, you have to be able to respond and react to those opportunities when they come up. Because mm-hmm. once it's gone, it's gone. I mean, how many times you watch the, the, the antelope run by in front of us and be gone in just, just a matter of minutes, you know, over the horizon. All you see is, mm-hmm. is uh, assholes and heels heading out. You don't see nothing else. That opportunity is gone. And all you can do is work towards the next one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it really comes full circle on this uh, analogy that we're painting here, because it's recognizing, you know, and when you're in Wyoming, you don't want to get too far from the truck because as you very cleverly taught me over the years, remember, you got to bring it back wherever you go, wherever you go, where, however far out you hike there. If you think you can take five miles, remember, you could only do 2.5 because you got to do that 2.5 back. You got to keep that in mind. Uh, and, you know, that's just like in business. You got to recognize your, the abilities of your business, how far you can go, the abilities of your team, hours and that type of stuff, you know, what your output can be. But what you were talking about of like walking back and then being ready for the opportunity, when you go chasing problems and you go solving problems, you get that problem solving fever and you're just looking for the next problem just solving, solving, solving without ever stepping back and looking at things, you won't see that next opportunity. You won't notice or you won't be prepared to seize on that opportunity when the time comes because you're too focused on solving another problem that really doesn't need to be solved. I mean, how many times, I, here's the really simple example for it, but I think it's true for probably a lot of people. You could spend your entire day, I'll use me, a uh, farm example of, you know, aquaponic system flooded, pump broke overnight, entire farm flooded in your end there, fixing it, make sure the fish don't die and the plants don't die and all that kind of stuff. You spend 12 hours putting out that, putting out that fire, <laughs> cleaning up all that water and everything, right? When you're in that mode, you don't check your email. You don't answer the phone call from the random person who saw your who saw your Facebook video and went, hmm, that sounds interesting. Maybe I should go buy vegetables from them. You don't you don't get any of that because you're too busy putting out fires. Now, when there's 150 gallons of water on your wooden floors and it's gonna sag your building and mess it all up in an old building that's already all beat up and got flood damage and all that kind of stuff that I was dealing with, then you do have to go solve that problem. And so this comes back to whether you're hunting pronghorn. And you're keeping aware of how far you are from your truck or keeping aware of where you think those pronghorn might be, whether you're out in the woods trying to work your way back to your campsite or you're in your business going to try to solve a problem so that you can get more sales or whatever, you know, build a better culture, whatever it is the problem is that you're solving. You got to take the time to ask yourself if that's the right choice. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, when we talk about bush fever, it's not that you never go over the hill. So you go over the right hill. That's 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 the goal here. It's not that you just stay put, even though that is pretty good for a lot of survival situations. But going over one hill, you know, still like you're not going out and exhausting yourself because once you go over one hill and you don't see it, you should recognize what the situation you're in instead of just freaking lying to yourself and keeping it going. Because that's what it really comes down to. Happens happens when you're out hiking, going after pronghorn, you keep lying to yourself and saying they're over the next hill. And it happens in your business when you keep saying, gosh, if I just solve one more problem, oh my gosh. If I just, you know, one more phone call, one more this, one more that, it's coming. And it's success may be one hill away, but it's probably not. And you have to have an honest look at it and have an honest talk with yourself about what the situation is that you don't move forward uh, recklessly in that kind of a situation. Well, there's a couple of things I want to, I want to jump on here. 
Number one, boys and girls, if you're lost and you have no sense of direction and no idea where either your camp or a road or civilization is, then the most important thing to do is to sit down and try to build some sort of thing to signal from the air. Don't continue to wander because the further you wander, the further outside of the area that they're going to start searching, you'll be. So boys and girls, sit down and wait. All right, that's number one. Number two, problem solving. And what I what I heard uh, and what I was thinking of as you were as you were going over that is don't fix what ain't broke. Mm-hmm. Now, did it work this time? Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe there's a tweak to it, but maybe you didn't talk to the right person. Mm-hmm. There there's there are so many variables that to just randomly throw things out and start over, you know, the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's so many variables to that, that you, you, you have to be very methodical in what you're doing. If you, if you have the solution to a problem, don't, and it didn't work the first time, don't just throw it out and start all over. You may need to just adjust it a little bit. Heck, it may just boil down to you didn't ask the right person, right? I mean, there's there's a whole lot of people out there. And if you ain't asking, putting it in front of the right person, then how do you know whether or not it's the right it's the right solution for the problem? I'm just thinking, uh, you know, got to bring it back around hunting because we're wrapping up our hunting theme uh, for the month of September. But, you know, you got you to gotta know what you're hunting for, right? <laughs> you got you got to know what you're doing out there and uh you know it's sorry i'm just i'm laughing i tried to make this connection and i couldn't do it but i'm just going to make the funny little hunter story and all of our fellow hunters will get this because they can smell the paper they, they know what you're hunting when you're out there they can smell it they, they know what tag you have they know who you're out there for and they'll treat you accordingly <laughs> but you you got to understand the situation you're getting yourself into and uh, make sure you have that sort of an honest understanding because it's also you know the other thing and this, I feel like I say this all the time on the show is when you have those moments of honest reflection, it creates so much clarity for the situation you're in and you'll see the solution so much more clearly, you know, and you don't, you don't want to force what it is, whether it's tough, whether we're, you know, solving a problem, going over that next hill or trying to force something from happening by doing something stupid, like taking a 450 yard shot. There's all sorts of different mistakes. Okay, whatever, Mister Hotshot, <laughs> whatever, Mister Hotshot out there, you know, just check the wind. You can hit it. You can hit anything less than two miles away, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, last year it was like 735 yards. So, gosh, dang, uh, I need to shoot. I need to shoot that rifle. That sounds interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well when the, you have a target, was when you have a stock when you, when you have a 30 odd six with a stock scope on it, hunted pronghorn. Don't shoot over 400 yards. There we go. Is that it? We, we good there? No, don't shoot over 300 yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> this, this has been a good one. Keeping it short because I got a lot of wedding things to do. We got we got to go get pretty for the wedding sometime That's here right. soon. Dad. That's right, folks, <laughs> uh, fans of the show. Uh, when, when you hear this show, it will be Mr. and Mrs. Jessica and Camden. And... Uh, yeah, congratulations, son. Uh, looking forward to the celebration and 
looking forward to Miss Jessica being officially a part of the family. So we're excited for that. And uh, the audience, I'm sure, is, is clapping and wishing congratulations now. Uh, but what'd you learn? So I went into this and I was pretty prepared as far as bush fever and the stories we were going to talk about. But one thing I didn't think of when I was going through it is that walk back to the truck and the pronghorn running right in front of you. And, you know, I know we talked about it, about how you have to have that clarity so you can react to what's in front of you. But even more than that, you got to have a positive attitude because if you're so pissed off that you just wasted, I don't even know how long of our stocks out there. There's no such thing as time when you're in Wyoming. <laughs> it just keeps going. But however long you were out there for that, you know, two, three mile stock, whatever it was, and you didn't see any animals because as much as you pointed it out that sometimes you get over that ridge and they're right there. Most of the time you see them running really fast, about five miles away. And you could barely see, you just see the cloud of dust. But if you have your head down and you're all pissed off and you're, you know, feeling bad for yourself, then when those pronghorn run in front of you, you're not gonna be able to get them. And you're going to go home hungry. And if you are staying positive and always looking for that opportunity around you, then when that opportunity comes, you'll be ready for it. Yeah, uh, that's that is uh, so true. Uh, you know, if if you're not open to it, you'll never see the opportunities. You know, people talk about focus and focusing on the outcome and focusing on the goal and all that. Well, if, you, if you're not careful, and I think we've talked about this before also, you got such tight blinders on that you don't see something that's right here. Now, I, I, I use the analogy if I'm pounding my head against the wall to get through the wall and I keep pounding my head against the wall, all I'm seeing is that much wall, you know, the, mm -hmm. the wall right in front of my eyes. But if I take three steps back, there's a door six feet to my right mm -hmm. and I can get through the wall. And that's that's one of those things, you know, it's the kind of the opposite. People say, oh, you got to focus, 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 focus. But yeah, you got you to focus, but not with blinders on. Yep. Because you if you're pounding your head into the wall and you're focusing on pounding your head in the wall, you're going to see progress, right? Like you're, the wall's going in a little bit. I got to keep going. It's working. No, no, it's not. <laughs> right. If I pound my head long enough, the wall will break, right? <laughs> yes, well, sir. Maybe my mind will think it will. Well, for me, uh, you know, I, I, I miss, I miss the Les Stroud days. Uh, those were great shows. And I think that's why, uh, and I didn't think about this until you were describing, uh, Les's, uh, show, uh, survivor man, but it's really the, I think that was the genesis of the, the latest version of that, which is alone, uh, which is amazing. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a few of those. Well, yeah. That's that's less Stroud to the next level is what that is. And if you haven't seen that, just look that up. I think it's a Discovery Channel show, maybe history, yeah. one of those two. Uh, but yeah, that is so that, that's what I learned. I mean, the fact that uh, Les Stroud started the I think he was the original alone guy because, mm -hmm. you know, Bear Grylls, Bear Grylls is entertaining as all get out. The Bears always got a crew around them, and I mean that's why he has great. Shots. I mean, come on, Dad, when you went when you went through all your survival training and your army times, and, you know, uh, how often did they tell you that the best way to take a shit in the mountains is to hang off a cliff so that it goes into the right area and it's not near your camp? Did that? Did they teach you? That? Oh, is that a Bear Grylls thing? 
Okay. Because yeah. it's almost like you wouldn't do that unless you had 10 cameramen around you making sure that you were safe. <laughs> but I don't want to take away from it because it is an entertaining show. But yeah. he, he's more of the grandfather for the for the naked afraids and the more fun, little bit crazy ones yes. than uh than Les Stroud is. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, great. Uh Camden, run us out. All right. Thank you all for listening to today's show. Special thanks to our guest. Gosh, darn it. All right. That's three. Minus three. Minus three. Wow. All right. Thank you all for listening to today's show. Special thanks to our sponsor, Tribe and Purpose. Find your tribe. Find your purpose. You can check out recent episodes of the Cam and Otis Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And check out a full archive at thecaminotashow.buzzsprout.com. The Cam and Otis Show is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next week.